Welcome to Nobody's Perfect, a community built to support, inspire, and empower Colorado youth and families. Our mission is to collaboratively break down stigma and offer solutions to the mental health and well-being challenges we all can face. Nobody's Perfect is more than a podcast. It's a movement. The show is powered by the National Alliance on Mental Illness for Arapahoe and Douglas Counties and funded by NAMI Colorado and Kaiser Permanente. I am your host, Jason Hopkins, and joined today with my co-host, licensed clinical social worker, Amy Staley, and our guest, Dr. Tiffany Cron, the director of Colorado Office of Employment First. Tiffany is a well-respected leader in the field of disability and has over 17 years of experience working with people with disabilities who want to live the life they want. Tiffany has also been an online educator for 14 years and has primarily taught undergraduate courses in statistical reasoning and research methods. She is a certified person thinking trainer and infuses the person-centered mindset into her efforts. Additionally, Tiffany holds a PhD in general psychology with an emphasis in cognition and instruction and a master's degree in educational psychology. She is driven by the belief and value that all people have the right to work and that support does not come in a one-size-fits-all model. Tiffany, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm so thrilled that you were willing to um, come on and join us today. I know that you and I have had uh, several conversations recently about some of the work that your team has done, um, specifically that's been more youth-facing for youth and their families. Um, so I, I'm really honored and appreciate um, you joining us today. And we clearly kind of had an introduction of some of the work, but can you tell us a little bit more about you and, and some of the work that um, you've been doing recently? Absolutely. Um, so for me, um, as kind of Jason mentioned, I, I absolutely love um, working within the field of disabilities. That is my passion area and what I've basically devoted my life to doing. Um, I, um, I'm also a person-centered thinking trainer, and that too, I think, has really set the foundation for how I view the world and where I find that I fit in as like a puzzle piece into this great uh, world that we have in that in any capacity in our interactions, our writing, our, you name it, Zooming, um, we can be person-centered towards one another. We have, we have opportunities every day where we get to learn and know about people and, and more than like surface level or agenda driven um, information. You know, we might be going into a session where um, we get to learn about people, but we have a questionnaire that we have to fill out or um, some kind of a form, but we could take opportunities um, just to connect with people and really get to know with people. And so this person-centered mindset of really, really understanding what is important to people, what makes them happy and comforted, fulfilled, satisfied, and content in their life is really, really important to me. Um, but then, you know, what kind of supports can we bring to help figure out what is important for them to stay healthy and safe in their communities and to be valued and a contributing member of their societies. Um, so I feel like that is that is really the driving force for the work um, that I do. Um, and so collectively, um, I, of course, am with the Colorado Office of Employment First, and we are a program of JFK Partners, which is the University Center of Excellence and Developmental Disabilities, and we are housed within the University of Colorado, uh, within the School of Medicine that's on the Anschutz Medical Campus. 
Um, so that's where we are, a uh, big long mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our work, we were we were developed as an office just in 2019. So um, very recently, out of a need because our state here in Colorado is interested in being and has devoted and determined they're going to be an employment first state. So an employment first, meaning that we believe that all people with disabilities um, can and should work if they want to have real work for real pay um, and have it be inclusive um, within the community, be competitive wages, meaningful work, something that they want to do. And so we were developed as an office to kind of help support that initiative and help our state move things forward. Um, so there's three different things that we do as an office to support that. One is training. Uh, so we offer and do a lot of training. And Amy, I know that's what um, some of our earlier conversations were all, all about. So I can, I can talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Um, but we do a lot of training, really elevating um, supports for people with disabilities out in our community, um, helping to educate and provide higher professional development for those staff and teams that are out there doing great supportive work. Um, the other pillar that we do is collaborations and partnerships, because anything that we do, we can do better when we do it together. Mm -hmm. And so we bring together and we like to partner and collaborate with as many entities such as um, yourselves to really spread the messaging and promote awareness and um, really think together on what can we be doing better um, as a state. And then the third piece that we also do is systems innovation, um, because this is a bit of a shift. It's a culture shift and it's a mindset shift in how we support people. And we want to come together to figure out what are the barriers? What can we do together as a system to make things better, less challenging? And so we, we're a part of this systems change effort through, through great innovation. We love you know, thinking outside of the box and what could we do differently? And, you know, maybe we've been doing something that we thought was really great and maybe it's time to tweak it and modify it and progress. Um, so kind of that progressive lens um, really fosters the growth of our team and the work that we do. Um, so that's a little bit about, of course, me and um, our team and our uh, office um, as a whole. I hope, that, I hope that's helpful. I love the work you're doing and thank you for giving us such a, a detailed, rich description. And really why I think we were so excited to have this conversation with you is similar to our organizations, I mean, that are rooted in this, this knowingness, this person-centered approach of, you know, ensuring that we're seeing, valuing, and hearing everybody that we're interacting with. And then also the focus on innovation about recognizing that we have an opportunity to better meet people where they are with the tools and resources that are available in today's age and really being on the leading edge of those things. So again, I want to mirror, thank you for the work you're doing. And I'm really grateful that you're here to have this conversation. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. Jason. I feel, I feel like, um, I love the way that you explain that and you can feel your passion. This is clearly, I know you said you've dedicated part of your life to this and um, your passion is definitely radiating off of you, off of you um, about this. So, you know, I know you said you were going to kind of circle back to some of the training work. I think you and I connected initially with um, the youth focused work that you all have done and not only offering um, direct resources to youth, but also to their families. So can you talk a little bit about that project and, and why you think it's so important for, for us to be talking about employment with youth? Um, and absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, as, 
an amazing project. Um, absolutely loved working on this. So we um, we got a project, yeah, to develop a training curriculum and program for youth with disabilities and their family members. And it was funded by the Colorado Developmental Disabilities Council. And we knew at the very outset that we wanted the family and youth voice very pervasive, very strong as a guiding source to development, to delivery, to just every, every piece of it. And so early on, we held some focus groups uh, with youth and then a completely different one with family members really sharing their their tips on this is what I need to know. This is what I don't know. And of course, it was all around employment. Um, so what what do they not know about employment? Um, sometimes youth with disabilities are overlooked in gaining those work-based experiences during high school, like other high schoolers that do not have disabilities. And that's where, that's our chance. That's our opportunity to try and figure things out, right? It's okay if we mess up. We're in high school and we're, we're learning. We're a youth. And um, but if that if that time period passes and there hasn't been any work based experiences now as an adult they're trying to go in um, and learn things and it's and it's they don't have that same you know accommodation of like oh well yeah you're a youth you're learning this is your first job uh, kind of a thing so really really important to do so we asked youth like what what do you want to know what what are the gaps um, so we developed a and we did the same thing for family members. And so pulling that information together, we created a two-track training program with the exact same um, topics or themes, but the way the delivery and the content was developed was very focused around either youth for their track or family members for their track. Um, so we had six, yeah, we had six overall courses, if you will, um, themes or topics that came up from those sessions. And um, so we decided to have just a general one of what is, um, what is employment and why is it so important <laughs> and employment first, you know, bringing in all of those concepts. We had another run around what are the skills that are important when they want to work that they could focus on. Another one, since they are youth um, and they're still in school and or in transition, we had a topic around how does employment fit into the education process. Um, another one, we talked about how managing their health is important for maintaining and getting employment and kind of the impact vice versa of having employment. Um, and then we had another one around just general services and supports. So to help youth and family members recognize that um, if they want a job and want a career, that there are entities, there's organizations out there across Colorado that help, help people get these jobs and help these youths, you know, on the job if they need long-term support through that. Um, so we talked about that. And then the last piece we talked about in the training program was all about um, how employment interacts with their disability benefits. Um, because one of the biggest fears we hear a lot from youth and their family members is the fear of losing disability benefits. And that that might be even a barrier to employment that um, they might say, oh, I can't lose that, so I'm, I'm not going to work. Um, and so there's there's a lot of misperception and there's a lot of supports and other things that can help support um, an individual. And so we we thought we would really include that in the curriculum to help maybe fix, you know, or not necessarily fix, but to help address some of the misperception when it comes to working um, and the impact for disability benefits. So so we created, yeah, this six um, 
six module program, really keeping it kind of bite-sized. That was something we heard a lot from youth and families just saying, you know, keep it small. You know, I don't want to be sitting here for an hour, you know, so it was about a 30 minute, 30 minute session with then activity and discussion after that, um, which was really, really great. We also brought on, in addition to having those youth and family focused um, groups where they shared feedback with us, we brought on a youth lead and a family member lead to um, help us through concept, development, delivery, every aspect of it. Um, and we're really, really thankful and grateful for both our youth lead and our family member lead on the project. Um, and midway through from offering these, we created materials and yeah, distributed these. Um, and we were doing virtual live sessions to help, you know, across Colorado. Um, and we found that schedules are hard. Um, youth and family schedules are very hard and they change and every day can be different. And so what we ended up doing midway through was we created a fully on-demand version of the training program. So we went through and recorded um, the course topics, all six of them in small increments. We brought in our youth lead to co-train with us. We brought in our That's family great. lead to co-train on those tracks. And so we built it and created it. Um, and then we have it now available on our learning management system. And we we got great, great feedback that, that was that's what families and youth wanted. Somewhere yeah. they could go, they could get access to this material whenever. You know, maybe it was three o'clock on a Wednesday, but maybe it was nine o'clock on a Thursday, because that's just what worked for them and their family. So um flexibility, I think. Uh, was was probably the biggest thing that we learned throughout this program is, you know, if, you know, that that lens of if it's not working or it's not working for the target audience, adapt, be be willing to change things up and and do something new in order to help help get this material out. Um, so once it was out, either from youth and families taking it live with us or taking it on demand, we we heard such great feedback in areas that we were hoping the impact would be. And specifically, this is around empowerment for youth, um, mm. for youth to say, oh, wow, you know, I, I didn't realize that I could work. Um, I've had other people in my life tell me I can't work because I have a disability. And so that that was huge, helping them yeah. to see that, yes, you can. There's supports out there that can help you do this. Um, and then on the flip side of that, the families as well, we heard that from them saying, <clears throat> this is great. You know, I, you know, I've been so focused on helping my, my son or daughter be healthy and safe. And that's kind of driven our focus for so long that, you know, we haven't thought about employment, but it's, I feel, I feel really empowered as well to start having these conversations and, and to know that there's support and there's a way. Um, so it was, it was really, really great. We had um, one family member even call us. She, she talked with me after the program and she said, you know, she said, I just feel so empowered because we were planning for my my son's, you know, uh, IEP in school, individual education plan meeting. And she said, and they're like, should we talk about employment? She goes, yes, yes, we should. My son has things that he's good at and he wants to work. So yeah, let's talk about employment. So um, really, really great. And so we still have it up. Um, the program, the funding for that has ended, but now since we created that on-demand version, there's not a lot of cost on our end to keep it rolling. So it's still up, it's still available. So if anybody's interested, they can get in touch with us to, to participate and take it, take that. 
No, that's great. And, and I think, um, and we, we can actually, you know, include that um, in a link if you would like us to, and, and obviously want to make that available to as many families and, and people as we can. You know, one thing that I, I really love about um, what you just shared is the importance of integrating the youth voice. You know, at here with Nobody's Perfect Podcast, that is a lot of what we've done is actually brought topics that youth have shared are important to them. And I think Jason and I even kind of went back and forth and talked a little bit about employment of like, well, yeah, how does that fit? Where does that come in? And, um, you know, we looked up the data. It's, it's, very much integrated into this generation. I mean, I think we, the data that we saw was 40% uh, of youth ages 16 to 19 in Colorado um, are working. And I do think that there's times that there's misconceptions that while people are in high school, maybe they get a summer job or maybe they don't, or maybe some work, but 40% is a significant amount of youth that are working. And, um, you know, I guess I'm curious from from your perspective, um, not only for people impacted by um, a disability, but you know, you and I have discussed the social determinant of health and how employment can be in a, a piece of that. Um, one for for those listening that might not know what a social determinant of health means, can you explain that? But can you also talk about the importance of um, employment as it as it relates to that, especially for for youth um, in general? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, employment is absolutely key um, to a social determinant of health. So there's actually five, five categories that um, they've lumped together to say these are the social determinants of health. One of them is being like within your neighborhood and having that built and established environment um, that you you have you have health and healthcare and how that relates you know the services and supports you're getting and that how how that relates um, to your overall health experience. Um, your social and community context is another area and category, um, and then education. But the fifth one um, that is linked in that is your economic stability, and all of those come together to really play an essential role in determining how healthy we are and having that robustness from all of those areas helps us to have a more fulfilled and healthy life. Um, but speaking to just the economic stability piece of the social determinants of health, this, this really explains why employment is so important and key. So employment, uh, probably one of the primary things you get with employment is money. Um, so you, you're making an income. And for many, many people, there's about 85% of people with disabilities living in poverty. And um, primarily that's because individuals with disabilities are not um, engaging in the workforce at the same rate as those without disabilities. Um, people without disabilities are about 25% um, living in poverty as opposed to only 10% of people without disabilities. And so employment provides the funding, the necessary income, even to help meet your basic daily life needs. So this is like money for food, clothing, and shelter. Um, some of these things people don't think about if they have that kind of money, but for individuals that don't have money to take care of, um, having healthy food to eat, um, healthier food is oftentimes a little bit more expensive um, to get. And so having income that can help support a healthy, balanced diet is gonna ultimately help 
their health. Um, same thing with clothing and, and being able to dress warmly in this cold um, weather um, and have, you know, a, an assortment of clothing to wear and change out, you know, while others are in the wash or being able to afford that. And then shelter, of course, being able to be in a location that meets their needs. So a roof over their head and, um, you know, water and, you know, utilities, those sorts of things. So really, really essential for their health. Um, but if they don't have that, it, it gets really tricky. But beyond that, um, when individuals, youth are working and all of us are working, we get um, a lot of other great benefits from being employed. One, connection. We get to meet others and we build social networks. We get to um, learn about other people. We get to make friends, um, some lifelong friends, actually, um, when you work. And so it's really building, building a network of relationships and supports for yourself um, with those that you work with. But you also get to know your community, depending on what job you do and where you work, you potentially are interacting with your community members as well. So again, you're, you're building more, um, more relationships. And basically, all of this helps us to be seen. And so individuals with um, disabilities, they're out there working alongside everybody else, it, it helps to promote value and recognition and respect for people with disabilities working out in our workforce and that they're a contributing member of our society. And that that is fulfilling. And that also helps uplift. It helps boost uh, our mental health and our well-being because we want to go there. You know, with employment, you you typically have a routine now that you follow. You know, when you get up and you know what you do to get ready for work, and then when you're at work, you kind of follow things. And you know, we learn as we go and we modify those routines. Like, oh, that didn't work out so well. We're gonna we're gonna adjust. Um, yeah. But that's all a part of it. So it really, it gets us motivated. It gets us moving, gets us connected. Um, so yeah, when we talk about employment as a social determinant of health, it's it, it's really one of the foundational pieces to having a good quality of life um, because it provides us the resources that we need. And a lot of those, those um, you know, kind of indirect benefits, right. you know, again, yeah. And and I and what I'm really hearing from you is while the the original lens or focus of your initiative was focused on individuals living with disability, the reality is is many of the things that you're talking about really apply to anybody. It applies to any youth. You know, I, I think could we expand the lens a little bit here and talk more about how what you guys have created really could be valuable for anybody, any youth that wants to be a contributing part of society through employment. Um, because I, what I'm hearing, it sounds like this is a valuable tool that you guys have created that has a lot of, a lot of horsepower to help others. It does. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, taking disability out of the equation is just, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all humans and we have that, that commonality and bond. And, um, one of the greatest things that I have learned over my time is that for those people that do not know what is available or what is out there in the world, um, they don't know what they're missing out on. Right. And that is that is that is a huge factor when it comes to being a youth. You're so young and you know you haven't experienced the world. And depending on where you grow up or whom you grow up with and so many different factors, um, you might not have direct exposure to a lot of things. And you know, I'm I'm specifically saying work, work-based experiences and understanding the vastness of employment opportunities that exist. And so, yeah, this, this training program really is about really helping to empower youth 
Um, it's also about self-determination and self-advocacy. All youth get the opportunity to learn about who they are. Um, so as a youth, that self-determination means really learning and figuring out what is it that they like to do and equally as important, what is it that they do not like to do? Right. Um, it's 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 a case of trial and error. You get out there and you test the world. And, and we're allowed to do that as a youth, um, so much more so than as an adult. So the youth years are really, really prime for, because we have support. We have those around us to be like, oh, we really messed up. I, I shouldn't have done this. That was a bad choice. Or, you know, this wasn't a good match for my interests. Like, you know, I really thought I really liked animals. And so I'm volunteering over at the animal shelter. And then come to find out I got allergies and I didn't know that because I was never exposed. Right. And so I just, I had no clue that that was a support that I needed. And so like these experiences really help us to shape and navigate, you know, when you get that question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's, that's hard if you don't, if you don't know what's out there. Um, yeah. And so, so this curriculum really is focused on that self-determination piece. Let's get to know what do, what do they like to do? What are their interests? What are things they want to try that's new they've never done or they've heard somebody else did? Um, that kind of a piece, because then it filters down into them and their self-confidence and self-advocacy towards being able to speak up for themselves, because that's also hard for you. Like, oh, I'm just going to let, you know, my parents or my friend, you know, answer for me or those kinds of things. And, and it's really important to have a voice. We all have a voice and we all have things to say. We all have a perspective. And, you know, of course, with my person-centered mindset, I, I believe in valuing and respecting all opinion. Um, and so it's, you know, having that self-confidence to advocate for, you know what, I, I thought I liked this job and speaking up and saying, maybe I don't now, um, you know, cause there's pressure. There's a lot of pressure as a youth, like what's the right thing to do? And am I doing the right thing? And so, you know, if they just recently got a job, but they're, they're feeling like it's not the right match to, to say that, to say, it's okay to say that. And maybe there's within that organization or company or business, Maybe there's another job that they could do that doesn't have maybe some of those pieces that were not a good fit for them. So feeling confident to really speak up and say those things so that they, again, they they can have that quality of life that they want instead of getting stuck doing something that they don't like and doing that for a very long time. Um, but then basically where that funnels to, um, as we mentioned in this training program, is independence. Um, yeah. it's, it is so key and essential through these youth years to help youth feel um, like they're ready to step out into that world and be independent. And one of the biggest pieces with that is employment and being confident to yeah go out there and they know how to find employment and do those interviews or do those applications and, and to be able to talk and, and, you know, communicate with respect to their colleagues and their supervisors and, and yet still be able to advocate for their needs, um, you know, in a, in a respectful way. So it's, it is very, very foundational for, for all youth to know. Well, and I appreciate that. And I think, you know, um, as a parent, right. Thinking, thinking through of, oh, but what about, you know, I want my kid to focus on school. How are they going to have time for that? You know, I don't want them to feel the pressure of that. You know, there's, um, I'm able to provide, you know, financially for them, right? Because I know we were talking a little bit about the self-determinant of health and how um, obviously we do need money to pay for things and that that is a part of life. But um, 
you know, you touched a little bit earlier on that if you do get a job, um, they might get a little bit of a pass of, oh, you're still learning. You know, talk to us if, if I'm a parent and I'm like, well, okay, this is great, but I don't know how we're going to fit that in. I mean, I'm looking at my calendar. Where Where is my son going to work or how are they going to even squeeze this in? So can you talk a little bit more about practically, you know, why it is important to consider um, having youth work and, and trying these things out when they're younger? Absolutely. And I'm glad you bring that up too, Amy, because there's, when I say work, um, there's actually a variety of ways that youth could do this. And so it could be paid work, but if time and scheduling are of issue, and I'm, I'm looking at my own schedule and my daughter's schedule and realizing and recognizing that, um, that they can also get very valuable experiences through volunteering. Um, and so that is typically much smaller or even over just a small time period. So maybe it's, you know, I'm going to go volunteer um, on this Sunday and I'm helping Habitat for Humanity build a house because maybe I want to go into construction. I'm just interested in that. So I'm going to go volunteer at that job. And so it could be very small. Um, bits of time. And so if that if the income piece isn't as critical right now, but I would say it's that experiential um, piece of it where they get experiences, they get exposed to different things. Um, you can do that through volunteering. They could do that through an internship. Maybe over the summer, they got an internship. Some of them are paid. Some of them are not paid. Um, right now in Colorado, apprenticeships are huge, helping youth um, become an apprentice and figure out what that is like. Um, so get connected uh, to those those employers that are offering apprenticeships or, um, you know, going to your local workforce center and saying, hey, I've got a youth, they're interested in this. Um, do you have anything where they could go even job shadow and just, just get familiar or talk, you know, doing like informational interviewing? Like, I just want to go talk to this business mm -hmm. and figure out what is it that you do? And if I want to do this someday, what kind of education requirements are needed or um, work-based experience? Can I come in and do this? Um, so, so that youth are getting, getting that same, same level of, of exposure um, to everything. So yeah, highly um, highly variable, but I think all with the focus of uh, <clears throat> doing what makes sense. Um, but also, um, cause I, I heard this from a lot of families that we talked with and like, why well, I don't even know what they would do. Um, you know, if, if we were to pursue this. And so this opens up an opportunity for families to get together and start having conversations. Um, and I don't mean just, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Cause that's hard. <laughs> it's more of a, observational period of observing um, youth and figuring out what is it that they gravitate to? You know, do they seem to thrive in an indoor environment or an outdoor environment? Where do they seem most happy? Um, what do you see them, you know, when they have downtime, what do they go do? Um, and is that thing that they're doing something that could be an interest that somehow relates to an employment experience they could get? Um, so, you know, maybe it's, you know, they're crafting all the time. I'm thinking of my daughter. Um, all of the craft, craft supplies are always out and all these things. And so, um, you know, maybe it's, you know, we go look at museums of art and just talk through that just as a learning experience to figure out is art, you know, something that's important because maybe she wants to go become an art major. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so you can, you can have conversations and just work through it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I will say that the best way is to not not have as many assumptions as we tend to do as parents. We think we know our youth and our children. 
Um, but when when given the opportunity to say exactly um, what they like and they're interested in, they they might share something that we didn't even think of. Um, so I would say ask ask open ended questions where where they can't really say yes or no as the answer. Um, so you know, like, do you like crafting? You know, that that would be a yes no answer. But a you know, what is it you like to do in your downtime? That's very hard to answer with a yes or no. And so you're going to probably get get to know some information um, from the youth, and then you can you can kind of have that back and forth dialogue. Oh, that's great. You said this. Tell me more about that. Oh, why why is that important to you? I've I've never seen you do that. That's great. Tell me, have you ever done that? Um, like really asking those follow up questions to learn to learn about youth. So, um, so for families, it's a bit of a discovery <laughs> discovery yeah. process of I'm learning about you know all all those things. Which you know that's one of the skills of person centered thinking is is discovery and listening and learning. And so um, that's you know we're just being person centered. We're open to hearing and learning about youth and what are their interests and passions and and also what are the things they don't like. That's so important too. Like what you know, and if, and if that's, maybe that's the starting place, maybe they don't know exactly what they like, but they probably absolutely know what they don't like. Yeah. Um, Cause if they've had those experiences, like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this job. I've seen people do this job. That's not for me. Um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So conversations can be really key to help helping, helping with this. Yeah. Well, and thank you. I feel like what I'm hearing from you is not only is employment going to be beneficial for youth for their own self-esteem, self-confidence, learning learning skills of independence and responsibility, but it can also be a way for families to connect with their youth. So instead of how was school today or, you know, um, and a fine, right? Instead of the financers, it's like, hey, how can we come together and do some detective work to figure out what you might enjoy and where you might like to work, even if it's just integrating it into the day-to-day and running errands, right? Oh, what do you think? Could you work at Chipotle? What, look at what they're doing here. How how would you like that? Would you like to work kind of in the food industry where you are doing line work, or would you prefer to work at a restaurant where maybe you're a hostess and you're seating people? Um, or, you know, at the grocery store. So what I hear you saying is how do we integrate this in ways to build connections with our youth and to have connections um, to support them in in finding themselves, right? And finding who they want to be and um, how they want to engage in the world. And I think that's beautiful. Um, I think at Nobody's Perfect, we're, we're very, um, part of our goal is, is how do we help give people practical skills for having these conversations as families and building that connection. And so I, I love that that's something that you're touching on. Um, so thank you for that. I think that's that's really, really helpful. Um, how, in addition to that, I mean, can you talk to us a little bit um, about when you, you did the focus group with youth, what, what are youth saying is important to them about joining the workforce? What are youth sharing um, with us that, is a driving factor for them to engage in employment. Oh, absolutely. I think probably the the most essential um, piece of information that we heard from youth was just um, being, and, and you know, for any youth out there is, is having pocket money. Um, you know, that they didn't have to go, you know, to their parents, you know, to say, hey, can I get money to go to the book fair that's at school or they're there, they have a school shop, you know, where you can go and buy, you know, a snack or something for your locker. And, that that independence and autonomy like i have my own money i can i get to make decisions and spend it in the way that i want um 
I think is very empowering for youth. So we heard, we heard that a lot. And so, you know, we're not, you know, they weren't concerned about becoming rich or any of those things. It was just, you know, it would be really nice to have, have money um, mm-hmm. and money that is theirs that they worked for. Um, but another thing that we heard very much from youth, um, again, this focus group were youth with disabilities, was just to be seen and heard um, from others within their community to um, be, yeah, to be that hostess and working alongside people that um, do not have disabilities. And so that full integration, that full community feel of being connected socially was mm-hmm. was really, really important. And, and so I think, yeah, being able to, you know, from, from their, their lens um, was just, you know, being able to have a job and, and I go do this thing and, you know, they have another thing to talk about at the dinner table. They, they have something else to share meaningfully about their day. That's not just, you know, the same old, same old, yeah, but with school, it was this, Um, they have things to look forward to. Um, And, you know, that they're doing something new oftentimes, um, it's, you know, tr- trial and error of we're going to do this project at work and I've never, you know, ran this, this, this tool before and we're going to do it. We're going to learn together on what it is. And so it's another thing that the youth were talking about is just, it's just that experience of we get to learn new things. We get to try new things. Um, and then of course, all of that tying into um, their old life expectancy of just, uh, or, you know, quality, you know, that they have those expectations in life of, you know being happy and doing something, doing something that they like, um, finding that interesting. All really incredible things. I mean, you know, you just talk about, you know, a valued sense of self. I mean, it starts, you know, what are the work and the efforts that you're willing to put into it? And I love this proactive approach of really, you know, like for us, it's a for youth by youth initiative, but you really were thoughtful in creating this from the lens of what are youth saying? What do they want? Because I mean, the reality is, is that the adults in the room who may have more experience and be further down the path, it's also important to recognize the world is vastly different than it was when we grew up. And so I think understanding these things from that lens today is really essential to building, you know, these tools and resources that meet people where they are now, not where they were 20 years ago. Yep, absolutely. Um, It's, and things do evolve, they change. And, and that, and another key piece too, that we, we focused in on was um, recognizing that, you know, we, you know, we might hear youth say they're interested in this, um, but things change, people change and interests change over time as well. So also um, coming at it from a sense of flexibility that, um, because sometimes, you know, you hear those conversations, well, I thought you said you wanted to do this. And that makes, you know, youth feel like, oh, I changed my mind and maybe that's not a good thing. That's not a bad thing or, you know, it's a bad thing. So that, that fluidity and flexibility and compassion to say, okay, yes, they had told us at one time they thought this was interesting, but now we're hearing that they're saying this is no longer an interest in a passion area. Maybe they have something else they want to do. So, um, so I think coming at it from that lens of it's, it's probably going to be a very, very fluid and dynamic journey. Employment is a journey and, um, you know, where so many people end up later on in life, you know, if you were to go back to their youth self and say, where do you see yourselves? It, they might be there. They might be a completely different path. 
Um, and it's usually because it's interests. We follow different interests and they change over time. And, you know, when we end up in an, in an area going, wow, I didn't even know this existed. And I'm, I'm really loving this career path. So um, it's all fluid and, and being just being a strong supporter, um, kind of with no judgment and no question like, okay, let's just explore. Let's talk about this um, can be really empowering for youth to want to share their opinion and perspective and, and feel valued for what they believe and what they're interested in. Yeah. No, and and I think one of the pieces that is coming up for me as you're talking about this, right? It's it's hard to have this conversation and not go through all the jobs I've had, right? And what I liked and what I didn't like about them. I'm like, oh yeah, right. like um, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, oh yeah, well, I, I didn't really like that. I did stay there a little longer than I probably needed to, right? So can you talk through a little bit some suggestions for people listening about that it's, it's okay to start over, right? It's okay to start something and then maybe have to begin again. And and how do we, um, one, give ourselves that permission to do that, but to, to recognize, like, if a, if a youth starts a job and they're like, well, I, I told my mom I really wanted to get this job, how do they appropriately, one, wrap that up and then, um, you know, begin something again? Not every job is meant for us, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's ex- exactly it. The, it's, it, we are we are um, continuously changing, you know, whether we're learning something new and it and, you know, that's kind of a piece, too, with employment is you get into it because you're like, oh, this is new. But then at a certain point, it might become mundane. You're like, oh, I've learned everything I can learn. There's no self growth. And so there's so many different factors that really could play into us going, you know, I need I need to change. And and I think that is where we're we're at the point right now luckily, um, in today's society where it is more acceptable and growing more acceptable to to really be leading the life that we want, that we don't have to stay 30 years at one company just because we said we would work there. Um, it's really finding those things of where we're contributing, where we find value. And when we no longer feel like we can contribute in that area or we're no longer getting something of a benefit back to us, we're growing, we're learning, we're finding happiness in that work, then it is time to move on. And so, yeah, it's it's giving ourselves permission, as you said, Amy, and, and respecting that. And, res- mm-hmm. and, and so there's ways to do that, right? Like we don't just up and leave our job today. You know, you have conversations, you think through, maybe do that pros and cons list of, okay, what do I like about this employment? What are things I don't like about this employment? Because you can use that information to inform that next job, that next career. And so, and then you can use that information also to talk with your supervisors or your employer to say, hey, I really like, these are the things I really loved about working here. And, you know, for this reason or this reason, I have now shifted in either my passion or my interests, or um, I've I've learned about this. And and I hear this is a great opportunity over here. And I want to pursue this opportunity. And so um, that is an uncomfortable realm for many people is to be mm-hmm. in that phase, in that space. And so I think that is something as a culture we can do better is supporting that, supporting growth, you know, individual growth, supporting and valuing our contributions and respecting perspectives when we feel like our time is done in a certain area. And so I think when we approach those conversations with, you know, businesses or our employers to say we're moving on, it's coming at it from a a sense of respect and appreciation for the, we learn things at every job, even if we ended up not liking it. 
there are things that we learned about ourselves. We gain new skills, um, maybe even friends, as I mentioned earlier. And so those are all things to be really thankful for and, and express our gratitude towards those employers in those conversations when we're saying, okay, I'd like to give notice. And of course, you know, following all the good rules, you know, like a minimum two week kind of thing, notice and helping youth understand there's a process for that. That, you know, you don't just not show up on Friday, <laughs> you're done. Um, you know, you you go in, you, you write a nice letter, you know, explaining these are the things I really enjoyed working here. My interests have moved on. So I'm, you know, pursuing employment elsewhere, those kinds of things. Um, that's how you maintain relationships as well, which are also key, right? Oftentimes you need references or, or you know, a new employer is going to call that old employer and say, how were they? Um, so it's it's not to say that you can't ever leave a job. It's just you you know you do it in a positive positive light in a positive manner um and and that will hopefully help you further on you know down down your career line um but for youth this might be their first experience with that and so helping helping them to recognize you know what the process is and and it's going to be very you know individualized you know how they want to do it um but you know trying to maintain at least those standards of of respect when we when we communicate that um, but I also, how, in, yeah, sorry, I just I love yeah. how thoughtful that you are in describing the process. And really, what I'm taking away from this is it's about empowering youth to really prepare themselves to being in the workforce throughout the courses of their lives with giving them healthy tactics and skills that really, again, build esteem and confidence and and move them into the workforce. I, I so love what you you are doing today and, and we're at the end of time and really need to wrap this up, but, but thank you. I mean, thank you for really helping inspire and motivate future generations and giving them healthy tools, you know, appropriate tools that really can guide them throughout the course of their lives. Because what you've talked about with, with us here today, Tiffany, I mean, it's so foundational again, as a social determinant of health to really you know, help people move on and thrive and have a life that they enjoy and, and, and can move forward with pride in. I, I, it, yeah. it's valuable. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us and, um, providing this insight. Like I said, it was so hard for me not to think through like some of my employment experiences and maybe ones that, that I handled well, or maybe opportunities that I could have done things differently, um, especially as a youth. So, <clears throat> excuse me, really appreciate that. Um, you know, one thing we always like to end with when we have guests on is asking them to explain to us what nobody's perfect means to you. So can you share with us what nobody's perfect means to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and also, Jason and Amy, I, it's been a pleasure to be on and to be um, partnering with you as well, you know, over these past few months. And so um, thank you for that. And thank you for this opportunity to share. And so for me, the nobody's perfect that I feel like that's my mantra in life. Um, because that is, that is what the beauty is in all of us is because we're so unique. We're so individualized, but yet at our core, we're all human and we're all people that bond us through that, um, essence. And so it's like coming from it, from a lens of there are all things, like every single person, they have things that they are good at and they have things that they're not good at. There we have interests and passions, and then we have our fears, and we have, you know, issues that we're working with and through, and that also bonds us because nobody is perfect. And I, and I, and I, 
as a perfectionist, I would say that's one of my downsides. I strive. I'm like, I'm going to do this so good. And I'm going to, but you know what? Nobody's perfect. And I cannot attain. It's almost, it's almost like that idea of having unrealistic expectations for ourselves. And, and I, you know, I really hold myself to a high caliber of, you know, of everything that I do. And it's at the end of the day, it's really recognizing nobody is perfect and Mm -hmm. this doesn't have to be either. And, you know, being content with who we are and, you know, where, where we are in life and where we want to be. And, and when we can really harness that and really embrace the nobody's perfect mantra, I feel like for me, it has empowered me to live more in the moment because a perfectionist men- mentality has me living in the future and a lot of the what if scenarios. And that takes away from my being present and me living fully in the moment for my family, for my, my children. Um, and it's, it's really, really at the core of embracing that piece. So yeah, that to me, yeah, nobody is perfect. And um, that, that helps me through my day in recognizing and realizing that. You're in good company here. I think yeah. I think that resonates for all of us. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, thanks for being a part of Nobody's Perfect Community, dedicated to supporting, inspiring, and empowering youth and families. We've hope, we hope you've enjoyed this transformative conversation today. Together, we're dismantling stigma and providing solutions for the mental health and well-being challenges we all can encounter. Be sure to join us every other week on Cozy101.com slash Imperfect or on your favorite streaming platform to continue embracing our shared human experience. If you haven't already done so, please follow us at Nobody's Perfect Community on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I am your host, Jason Hopkins, and it's a pleasure having you here today. Stay connected, stay inspired, and remember, nobody's perfect, but because perfection isn't real, your story is. Until next time.